And welcome to another episode of Over Underrated. I'm Fran, the co-host of the podcast, and today we are discussing the mid-indie boom, mainly in the UK, with Kasabian and Sea Power. One we deem as maybe overrated, and one could be seen as maybe underrated. We've each made a playlist to back up our arguments, and we will be discussing the bands. So, let's get to it. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over-underrated? Over-underrated. Sous-évalué. Over-underrated. Over-underrated. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Over-underrated. Desire Fran with my co-host, Babs. Hello, Babs. How are you doing? Greetings, Fran. I am good because for the first time in ages... I had a fancy lunch in the middle of the working week with oh. a glass of wine. It was great. <laughs> and I had a Tesco meal deal today with a tuna crunch sandwich Ooh. and a packet of square crisps. <laughs> if you're not from the UK, I... I was, I was going to say, like, <laughs> thank you for translating to our, for our international <laughs> It's a very salt and vinegary square snack. And um, actually, I mean, even a meal deal... Uh, is that is that really a UK thing? Yeah, it's a UK thing because I, I I swear on a podcast I was listening to very recently, someone was like, "Oh God, we have to explain what a meal deal is in the US because in the US because of the tipping culture, of course you're not going to have a meal deal. They're not going to have a situation where you can't kind of stay in." Um, have you been listening to any exciting music recently? Well, I have been listening to the One of Eyes because they are back after are 20 years yeah i think they did the first gig since 2002 in uh stockholm this week mm-hmm. and they are coming to the uk i assume they're broadening their sales around europe maybe um <laughs> who knows i don't have big deal like but in belgium and um i have been listening to the band um i mentioned all the time uh spectre because i saw them live <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like, this should be by spectre. <laughs> we gotta mention spectre <laughs> yeah so seriously yeah, i saw the psychedelic furs at the royal Albert hall um mm. last week then four days later i saw spectre and then last night i saw the band they're going to be chatting back later on mm-hmm. so it's okay. been a lot of a lot of music and i don't know, I don't know how it's for you but when i see a band i like I then go into a bit of like uh, a melt, no, like a, I listen to all the albums the next day. Yeah, sort of thing. exactly. Yeah. Although I still haven't listened to Goose's latest album, um, which is really good. And I'm kind of leaving it a bit late, you know, because it's a thing of, oh, if, if you listen to it the day after, then you remember what songs were played. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but there we go. Well, uh, from my side, I've gotten quite unexpectedly obsessed with Young Lean's new song. Do you know Young Lean? He's a Swedish rapper. So, you know, carrying on the Swedish theme. He has a song called Bliss featuring FKA Twigs and it's mad, but it somehow works. They sample like um, an 80s Soviet rock song and mm. it's quite disorienting and chaotic and so is the music video. So when I first saw it, I was like, well, I, I, I don't think I like this. But then on, on second and third listening, I became quite obsessed with it. So that that's pretty good. Check it out might be on the 2022 Ooh. songs uh if because i think i think it's really the first song in a while that i've become just obsessed with that song um and i've also been listening to k tempest's new album mm-hmm. which is really good you know i gave them a bit of a hiatus i think like i really like their their stuff but you know 
it is a very specific kind of music, you know, sort of spoken word over Dan Carey's beats. But when I saw that it come out, I was like, oh, I'll give it a listen. I think it's it's really, really good. I, I like it as much as their, their first album. So I recommend checking that out. And uh, Rosalia's new album as well. I've also been dabbling with the new Wet Leg album as well. Yes, actually, same. It's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is good. I think it's worth the hype, to be honest. Just hope they can continue it. Let's hope yeah, it's not the Elastica of whatever decade this is called. This is called the 20s. The 20s. So it feels the, weird. <laughs> the non-roaring 20s, for sure. <laughs> so today's theme, we've gone for uh, UK mid-noughties indie explosion. Yeah, why not? Why not? And actually, it surprised me that we haven't really done an episode like this before. I guess uh, Greater Manchester with with Matt from Pick a Disc was the closest because we talked about the Cortinas. Mm. But, uh, you know, this is clearly an area that we both like. There's crossover. So, yeah, maybe we'll do more of these in in future. Get in touch if you want more. But we are talking about Kasabian and whether they're overrated. And Sea Power and are they underrated? A.K.A. British Sea Power for your older fans. And we will get into why. But let's start with the overrated. Overrated. So yeah, I am here to defend Kasabian as not being overrated, which, listen, is a surprise to me as much as it is to you, probably. I have a bit of a complicated relationship with them because they definitely fall within a sort of lad rocky vibe but i'm i'm hoping that with my playlist i'm showing that they are way more experimental psychedelic and synthy than they get given credit for and ironically serge pizzorno himself says that he absolutely hates it when kasabian get called indie because he doesn't consider Kasabian to be one. He says that they're future rock and I hate indie bands. I despise that speed of music. It's interesting. I think they're a very interesting and diverse act. Their Glastonbury 2014 headlining performance is incredible and available on YouTube if you want to see it. And I got to see them live in 2012 at Den Atelier, which is a very small venue in Luxembourg, sort of 300 people. And because they you know they're not as big i got to be at the front you know as a very small stage it was a really nice intimate experience i don't know if that could happen again i like them i think because their songs have so many layers you know when i was trying to write down stuff for the playlist it was a bit difficult to kind of attribute all the instruments and all the synths that that were going on and i realized that they have lots of good bass lines but you often don't even notice them because there's so much so many synths and their song lyrics are more interesting than you would think, having having taken a bit more time. And and yeah, Serge Pizzorno is an interesting guy. I really liked his solo records, the SLP as well. And um, I don't know if you've checked out his work with Noel Fielding on Loose Tapestries, which was the the sort of the soundtrack for Noel Fielding's luxury comedy. They have some great songs. Ghost of a Flea, my personal favourite. And yeah, I think it's difficult to say what my favourite album is. I think they are more of a singles than than an album band. Empire is probably my favorite album, which I know is not that well received. Um, and when, yeah, when putting together this playlist, you know, there are some bigger songs on there, but I think the point I was trying to make was to, to show a bit more of a diversity in, you know, it not just be underdog and clubfoot and everything else. And obviously I think before even getting into it, we need to talk about, we need to talk about Tom Meehan 
that is how you pronounce his name apparently so i think one of the other issues i have i have with kasabian more recently so in case you don't know Tarmin was the the lead singer from from the beginning and in 2020 he left the band by mutual consent didn't really know what had happened but it turns out that he'd gone to court for attacking his partner while drunk and while her, her kid was present and he initially denied it but it was caught on video and so he he had to go to court and was given i think like uh unpaid work or community service and yeah from what kasabian said was you know we were led to believe that tom would hold his hands up and in his statement tell everyone what he'd done but he couldn't we couldn't comment until the court case had happened domestic violence is something that can never be excused and uh, yeah i mean he subsequently went to rehab got diagnosed with adhd and married the the partner that he's assaulted and apparently it was a kind of a one-off thing never seen but i think the whole thing left quite a sour taste in my mouth because because of the fact that he denied it until confronted with the with the video so i'm glad that kasabian took the stance that they did um but yeah it makes me now look back at the music with a with a with you know a tear in my eye a bit of sadness because yeah it's kind of unacceptable so anyway but moving on from that i i think they're they're a great band i've really enjoyed looking at some live performances as well when we're doing the playlist and i am curious to hear what you think about them so yeah i first discovered him at v 2004 and had never heard of him mm. and then out of nowhere this band were playing about 2 p.m on the main stage had loads of fans with flags and this is like before even glastonbury was like the flag mm. place is now <laughs> too, too many flags of glastonbury mm-hmm. i thought why do they have so many people waving flags who was this band mm-hmm. like and then yeah they came across you know with, with a bit of swagger and i thought well, yeah they're, they're a couple of you know pretty decent tracks and i thought will i ever hear from him again mm-hmm. it, it turns out yeah i would hear yeah. a lot <laughs> a lot for next year <laughs> so yeah so i caught him quite early um so obviously yeah i had you know chris Carloff was on stage nice. back in back in those days i'll be talking about him later yeah. and yeah and and i really enjoyed the first album um i still think it may be the best album um they, they were probably a bit more electronic in the, in that first album than later albums um i've i seen them again i saw them like uh isla white 2011 isla white uh 2015 i saw them at the itunes festival at the roundhouse when they played there's 10 years since the day albums and did um the whole album oh, followed, nice. followed by an encore and like there's only maybe like a thousand people in the roundhouse so that's pretty cool and yeah they're they're a brilliant live act um you know they, they know how to get a crowd going so you have to give them that um yeah it's always kind of weird because like they may be one of the first sort of like bands who dabbled with electronic music but had that lad swagger because you said lads you know like to have the guitar you know and like mm-hmm. you know put it near the genitals and hold it like a penis but you exactly. can't really do that with uh, twiddling knots on the keyboard so yeah. m- maybe them and the cooper timber claws are the only sort of bands who would you know have that ladder sort of like swagger and also play electronic music because before like you know hot chip and petrol boys in the push mode don't really look like you know football uh, hooligans see they really <laughs> so that's quite interesting and then like yeah then suddenly i think as oasis faded away kasabian jumped into that hole <laughs> Mm. Um, and you know, made a lot of money and a lot of success out of it. And also, I also remember them being on a lot of football games too. So yes, so many YouTube out. comments about FIFA. Yeah. My God, uh, you can I... see why they got that kind of you know that Oasis 
know football indie fan kind of uh, fan base out of it. But yeah, I, I've never loved them. Um, I've always dabbled with them. They've got you know they always have two killer singles per album, and I've never really fell in love with an album I I would hear at work or after. But um, what I do find interesting is that their last two albums I've actually quite enjoyed, and I think maybe because they had a poor first single, which was a bit like they had a couple of cartoon singles, didn't they, with like Easy and that what's that one about, about an asylum? You're in love with a psycho. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think people were like put off by those singles, but when you get past that initial single, but I think those albums were pretty decent and they had a lot more to them than people realise. Yeah, I I agree because I you know I'm I'm saying they're a singles band. Actually, that's not very accurate because very often I like album tracks. But what what I mean by that is then that I mean more they're not a full album band. Like there are very few of their albums that I always want to listen to from from beginning to end. I definitely pick and choose. Um, but I I think I would disagree with you that they're most electronic on their first album. Maybe they're most experimental. Uh, but hopefully hopefully some tracks on this playlist will. <laughs> I'll prove you wrong. Let's see. <laughs> Go for it. So what's your first cut? So my first cut, hey, hey is uh, is cut off from their debut album Kasabian, um, which was produced by Kasabian and Jib Abbas. I didn't know who also produced Arctic Monkeys, Lady Tron, your favourite band, Sneaker Pimps, and Adele. Um, I went for this one because it's probably my favourite song on the album. Although I really, it, it goes between this process beats and Clubfoot. I have to say. Um, but it's the fourth single and it wasn't as big as the others and i like it because you know it starts with some sort of synths doing an arpeggio there's a flute-like instruments and then the drums just burst in uh and you're like whoa okay what's what's going on here and you know instrumentally there's so much that i like yeah all the synth orchestra that happens there's some kind of backwards playing guitars the drums are simple but they really drive the song and i imagine you don't but i quite like the instrumental ending and when you when you watch it live, you know the audience really like to sing along to the ah, and that's that's quite that's quite good. And I mean, how many how many lad rock songs start with the words John was a scientist, he was hooked on LSD, interested in mind control, and how the monkey held the key. And I I did not know the chorus was chew the backbone, a solar system, he's cut off convicts. I honestly I I sang along my own thing, but I was like again, who who is doing this? on a song this massive enjoyed by by all the all the indie lads um so so yeah what do you think of cut off yeah i've always enjoyed the intro and mm. i think the actual album has a lot of decent intros um Definitely. yeah and there's actually fewer few fewer guitars than i remembered the guitars yeah. do come into maybe the second verse really so it's, mm. um it, the first section reminds you of the avalanches a little bit oh. with, the, with the whole flute sort of sound Oh, I don't know enough about the avalanches to have a, a strong opinion, but yeah. yeah. It's, it's got quite a menacing mind control lyric. Are mm-hmm. Kasabian coming to take over? And yeah, it's, it's well, just the Serge, first. Serge described it as a little story of a man who's gone insane. Okay. And yeah, it's just the first time they did a trademark, uh, which would be across all of our albums later on. And the video I watched this morning. Oh, yeah, it's mad. Yeah. I wonder if this is where CGI sharks came from. Because you know, we get like Sharknado was, was just the beginning of the CGI shark trend. Kasapian <laughs> started it. Yeah, the video. So for for those who haven't seen it, basically, mostly Tom Meehan is walking around New York, and people are running away from you. You think it's him? You're not sure, but it turns out there's a giant flying shark attacking people. But 
then even later when the band are all walking around New York, it doesn't seem to affect them. Are they controlling the shark? Who knows? The Kasabian guys, powerful bastards. Powerful bastards. But yeah, I I I really was surprised by how young they look in that video. Obviously, because it's like two thousand and four. And looking over all their music videos and interviews and stuff, I really appreciate Tom and Serge's hair evolution. I feel like every video it's something different. There, they're really trying everything. And yeah, I think we'll definitely talk about Serge. Serge Pizzorno. I feel like Serge Pizzorno is the Wes Borland of Kasabian because, yeah, yeah, laddie rock, but he, you know, looks a lot like Noel Fielding. You know, he's this skinny little weirdo um, who definitely brings that. And yeah, definitely, you know, the first album was all co-written with, with Chris Karloff and he also contributed three tracks to, to the second album. So his influence definitely comes through. But I, I think Serge is a is a fascinating musician clearly drawing from a lot of influences and is a quite a contrast to tom in the same way that i think wes borland is to fred durst have there you seen have the, the the soccer am clip of him scoring that wonder goal no because he's really good at football right yeah so like there's this little segment in soccer am when they get the guests to like kick the ball into a bin which is really fucking hard to do and he's wearing his little his window picker sort of like shoes <laughs> he uh chips up and then volleys it into the bin and then just walks off wow that's it it's like he's it's a fluky bastard but he looks as cool as he can ever look yeah. um but yeah i think chris carliff was i think in those days looked the coolest yeah. I know, i'm never a fan of tom's greasy long hair during the that was very hippie, but I mean, he's got he's got he's got strong facial features and very bright blue eyes. I feel like he can, he can get away with a lot, literally. Next track, I've actually I'm gonna group all three uh, of the tracks uh, that I've picked from Empire. So I've picked Apnea, By My Side, and Stuntman, which are all in a row mm-hmm. on the album as well. Um, so I, I I wanted to group them together because I often listen to them in one go. For me, it's almost like they're they're one continuous song and i think this is my strongest case of i challenge you to listen to these three songs and call kasabian lad rock uh because they're yeah they're very experimental two or two out of the three of them were written by co-written by chris Karloff as well but yeah he left um because of creative differences i mean there doesn't seem to have been bad blood like I, mm. I do just think that they they wanted to go in, in different directions and i don't know if you've listened to black onassis the band that he formed afterwards but they're, they're very good psych band experimental although one of those mysterious bands because they they released one album called desensitized in 2013 it's not on spotify or, or title you have to go on youtube but they have a 2018 ep black feature which is and i i couldn't find any interviews with him post 2013 i couldn't find even like blogs or anything written about them so you know he moved to new york and to be with his wife i think but i wonder i wonder what he's up to but anyway i watched an interview today and they mentioned him leaving kasabian Mm -hmm. and he seemed to have no regrets he's like i'm just happy that leicester is doing well in the music industry yeah and uh i know they did a track with ben from the cuba timber claws and in many ways as a a cuba timber claws fan they Mm kind of were the pre-kasabian because i think they were doing this maybe two years before Kasabian got big, mm-hmm. mixing electronics with that kind of like indie swagger mm-hmm. and they had better haircuts. So I don't know <laughs> why it didn't happen for Cooper Temple Claws and it happened to Kasabian. I have the debut album by Cooper Temple Claws, mm. but I have to say it's one of those bands where I normally just listen to Promises, Promises, which isn't so synthy. Okay, second album. There you go. Good, <laughs> good to be corrected. Good to be corrected. Um, uh, yeah, so because I think Promises, Promises is probably their biggest song. Yeah, I yeah, I guess so. 
I don't know if they would be associated with that. But yeah, definitely one of those questions. If we do them as underrated, mm. yeah, why why did they not come back? I mean, maybe maybe it is timing, right? Because if they were doing it two years earlier, we weren't in the UK mid noughties indie True. explosion yet. So, but yeah, so so apnea, nice little bit of Cynthian drummy genius. Um, I think it's a great title as well. I think it's about, you know, not being able to sleep, right? Or or, or mm. having like sleep issues. And it, it feels like that. Like it feels like something is uh, is messing with you. And yeah, I think they said, we wanted the track to kick you in the face and leave. As soon as you get into it, it stops. Yep, that's uh, that's it. And uh, Tom said that Apnea is Vlad the Impaler's older brother, which I thought was interesting because I actually wouldn't have made that connection. But uh, I guess it's it's the faster the faster brother uh yeah i i wonder if you might think it's an idea more than more than a track and i very rarely listen to it as a standalone track for me it's like the introduction to this this trio but what what do you think of apnea do you know what it completely surprised me because in my head empire was because i loved the debut and i thought oh Oh, I thought, oh, here we go. They've they've, they've basically gone down the Oasis route and they've wanted you know, to do very sort of rock albums. So in my head, I thought it was more of a rock album. This is why I said to you earlier, I think the first album was more electronic. And I was surprised this is from that album because it's got like an industrial feel to it. Um, and it's kind of got like a George M. Rowe sort of like bass on, like I Feel Love. Yes. And I actually really enjoyed it. Yay. I was like, fuck me, why haven't I listened to Empire? I, and I know why, because I fucking can't stand the song Shoot the Runner. I hate yes. it so much. And I think that put me off the album. <laughs> yes, I am also not a fan of Shoot the Runner. But thankfully, I heard Empire first uh, is, 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 is it empire? i think yeah empire was, was the first yeah. song and i thought that was great mm. I, I i really really like that song and and yeah because i enjoyed the first album i i bought it but yeah shoot the runner i usually skip uh but that's it like it's it the album is way more multifaceted than than shoot the runner and empire because because it has this oh i'm delighted you liked it um so yeah, the next song by my side, uh, so much going on in this masterpiece, in my opinion. Um, it starts with guitars and keyboards, so far so Kasabian, but Serge is really like sneering. There's some strings coming in. Um, and there's even like this kind of, I looked up what to call it, fret hand muting strumming, you know? There's this motif <laughs> which which is a constant. And yeah, I, you know, I've, I've written more notes. There's a long middle eight, there's a shift in tone, acoustic guitar comes in, lots of interesting per- percussion that I wish I could name. And I really, really recommend checking out on YouTube. They, they did this live with the BBC concert, concert Orchestra at the Electric Proms. Sound quality is not great, but I mean, even, you know, not that version of the song, the string breakdown before the end mm. is epic. It like has has stood up uh, for me. So yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite Kasabian songs. Uh, yeah, uh, again, I don't know why I forget this song. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chris Cardoff is he the secret genius of the band? Some mm. people were, were calling him the Alan Wilder of Kasabian. Yes, I saw that. I saw those comments <laughs> as well, and I thought of you. Yeah, so a bit early. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you know, if I was lacking confidence and I came on stage to this. I would be Tom Meenan instantly, like, you know, very imperial. Yeah, exactly. When you have that imperial string in the background, you're going to get that bravado. So, yeah, I I, I really like the song. I was like, oh, maybe I should listen to Empire again. Who knew? Yes, yes, yes. Exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah, I think I didn't realise how 
more complex Kasabian song structures were. Mm. Uh, especially especially on this playlist it's not all it's not always verse bridge chorus middle eight and they chuck so many synths at it so many interesting sounds and i, th- I think that that continues for for a while this is integrate music here so i wonder is he secretly a nerdy tech guy and he oh. does that sort of like fake bravado for the fans or what well search he you know there's there's videos of him talking about his music influences and he talks about hip-hop being an influence he talks about um you know uh, i was gonna say craft work no kraut rock uh he he definitely wears his influences on his sleeve and isn't very pretentious about it i think serge is just a renaissance man i think you know he's clearly he looks very arty and different but somehow a bit like noel fielding is is teflon despite looking so alternative he's accepted by the the mainstream but yeah definitely he is someone who is also he's got to be someone who's also tinkering because kasabian do the production on all their albums They, they will have other people come in uh but yeah since empire onwards he has been i think the main producer every time so so yeah i think i think he's a genius finishing off the the trio oh just to say actually before i before i go he's uh apparently this song which like i went on song meetings and found all these things are like oh is it about the media and corporate big boys mm. according to serge it's about having it with your mates and making sure they're all right that's the thread of the whole album <laughs> is it yeah apparently <laughs> mm. So moving on to Stuntman, I will start with what Serge says about it. He says, it's a fucking mad techno tune. It's madness. It's about the fascination our nation has with the rush, the dark side, the release. Stuntman put their bodies through this madness because of that rush. We get our release on stage, but other people have to express themselves in different ways. It's why people are hooligans. So so there we go. So Stuntman, I just absolutely love the, the brutal synths especially at the beginning and it, it builds and builds and builds to the to the chorus and again like other songs on this place and other kasabian songs it doesn't stop building you know the each chorus is different and there's more and more going on and and yeah at the end there is a release um and and yeah i think it rounds it off quite nicely i will say though that live it doesn't sound very good because I think what makes it is the the harmonization between Serge and, and Tom, which mm-hmm. often is so good. And live, I don't know, because Serge is doing a lot. It, yeah, vocally, it's not very strong. I enjoyed the arpeggios at the start and the knob drizzling. Mm. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Out of Control by the Chemical Brothers. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, see that. I think the chorus lets it down. I don't think the chorus is strong enough. Not the bass. I think the bass is, is helping well, the chorus. When are your, your big bass uh, fanatic? Uh, BBF. But yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, the whites in my eyes. No, it wasn't doing much for me. So uh, a little bit, a little bit too long. So, mm-hmm. kind of went down a notch for me, unfortunately. Okay. Well, fair enough. So it happens. My next pick is West Rider Silver Bullet from West Rider Pauper Lunatic Asylum in mm-hmm. two thousand and nine, which was I don't know nominated for the Mercury Prize. Yeah, this is when he, uh, I think, claimed this as one of the best British albums of all time. Uh, yeah, I saw I saw an interview this morning with I think Serge, was it Serge or Tom? I think it was Serge being like, yeah, you know, we used to do interviews pissed out of our minds, <laughs> and we used to really piss off journalists because we'd say we the, we were the British the best British band of all time. These days, artists are much more kind of put together and and, and not so much like that apparently. But uh, I, th- I think maybe they kind of meant it a little bit. I think they were believing their success around this sort of time. 
So do you, you don't think it was tongue in cheek? You think they actually? No, I, it? I don't know. I, I think this sort of era, they were starting to, you know, become the biggest bands in the UK, and I think they kind of, you know, yeah, they, I can imagine them wearing, you know, robes around the house. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of era. Robes <laughs> around the house. Wow. Okay, marker of success. Yeah, they, they've moved on from the studio. No, you can to get like champagne. A, a dressing gown from from I don't know Argos or something. <laughs> Very cheap. Um. <laughs> Yeah, do you know what? I can believe that because yeah, as much as I do like Serge, him saying that Kasabian sound like future rock, I'm like, well, after after listening to Primal Scream, I'm like, mm, like definitely, definitely experimental and definitely changing up sounds every album and and chucking a lot in. But I don't know, not you know, not that experimental. But um, but yeah, so this is this is probably their biggest album, definitely the one that launched it. And you know, I've picked a song that is is lesser known you know I, I could have picked vlad the impaler or fire but it showcases a different side to them um so it's a song that starts with a, sp- a spoken word sample from this 1983 film called sans soleil and then it's rosario dawson duetting with tom Meehan. and for for the beginning it's just very simple bass guitars and drums accompaniment and yeah fran you might be interested to know that uh they got her on board because they met her at the isle of white festival 2007 um and they, i was there you, were you there? I wasn't in the same area. I wasn't in the green room with us. I, was, I wasn't the guy who introduced them, unfortunately. Well, oh, you can't claim that. No. Um, but yeah, they wrote this song and they wanted, I think, a female vocalist. Serge said that he thought it sounded like a Serge uh, Gainsbourg duet. Um, and yeah, Serge flew over to Los Angeles to record her vocals. Tom did it separately, which is surprising because it it sounds really mm. like they're, they're, they're playing off each other. And it's meant to be, yeah, two characters who are lovers and destined to be together. So I think, yeah, he, Tom's meant to be West Rider. She's meant to be Silver Bullet. And it feels quite filmic, I think. And and yeah, so it starts quite simply with bass guitars and drums, but there's strings come in, more percussion, more voices. There's definite timpani being used that much I could identify. Um, and surprisingly, this is almost the opening to the album until Tom suggested Underdog. And I'm like, yeah, that's definitely... A better opening because this is this is definitely a mid mid track listing song but i think it i don't think there's another kasabian song quite like it and it shows the vulnerability that i don't think you'd associate with them yeah it's interesting because you know he did mention them being a future rock and mm. this is not future rock i think no. this this album was kind of them looking at that, that 60s era you know it's influence mm-hmm. of the of the kinks the who and the stones uh so yeah maybe not as experimental as the earlier days. I have no recollection of this at, at, at all. Really? Um, yeah, you think I would know having a, a, a big star like you know, mm. Rosario on, on the album. Um, apparently he played this to Quentin Tarantino when he was a fan. Oh, I don't um, know Yeah, it's got like a country kind of guitar sound to it. Um, yeah, it's perfect for like a, a road movie. Definitely. Um, see, I thought it'd be it was quite a good introduction. I think I like albums to start off with a, you know, a film sample. <laughs> this is the thing right okay so this is this is a song from an album what are the big songs underdog fast fuse vlad the impaler fire it's fire yeah fire maybe the nat- the most natural mm. but, I, but i mean underdog is like an indie anthem you would not think this was on the same album which i respect to be honest and i, I think that's maybe kasabian's problem that you know, you, you don't really listen to their albums because it's it's not always coherent. You know, some some more than others. And that's why, you know, with Empire very often, I either listen to Empire or I listen to the three songs that we just talked about because it depends on, on the mood that I'm in. 
But but did you like this song? Actually, it wasn't clear to me. I think it was fine. It's not a track I'd go back to. But it's interesting that I they're doing a duet. Have they done it mm. again? Was that a one-off? That's a great question. I haven't really listened to their last album uh, very much. So to my knowledge, no. Mm-hmm. But I, I could be wrong. Um, and on a completely different direction with my next pick, which is called Julie and the Mothman. And it's a B-side to Underdog from, from the, the album we just mentioned. And yeah, it's co-produced by, is it Yags or Jags Kuna, who uh, did the Swastika Eyes version that's on the, the on the Primal Scream album. And I was like, of course, here we go. Like, now that I know, of course, of course they're here. And I picked this because I think this is the song that truly shows that they can do synths and weirdness without Chris Karloff. You know, he, maybe Yags, Jags, uh, had his fingerprints on it because he's the producer but i think this is an extremely experimental song yet you know there's on youtube there's them playing it at in 2009 at the o2 dublin and people are really going for it i really like all the synth motifs and i've put synth parties going on towards the end because again i don't know how how to describe it but there's also a very groovy bass going on in the more guitar-led sections so i like i like the combination of both it definitely feels very primal screamy by the end with the guitars and the hand claps and i just enjoy them shouting i am the moth man i control the insect so yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i assumed you put this on there because of the lyric content and no. it's about hitting a woman oh sung, no sung by tom and no, I, thought, oh, I, didn't. <laughs> I thought oh she's linked that together because yeah it's yeah. about you know hitting her with a frying pan and stuff oh no no i've got that it's a reference to the 1970 film oh. el topo that's that's all i did <laughs> so for you know we actually have tom here talking about oh, attacking gosh. a woman i thought that's quite interesting obviously no, he, didn't, no, no. he didn't write the lyrics but i, I thought that's why he did <laughs> no 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 i picked it because i thought it was synth madness that's why <laughs> so yeah i put um yeah i never heard this in my life um I think the chorus is an attempt to get that Stones vibe with the hand claps, hand claps even, and, and the riffs. Um, I enjoyed electronics, but it's not quite there for me. I can see why it didn't make the album, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I I, <laughs> I thought it was all about the uh, the, <laughs> the lyrical lyric. content. No, not at all. I would say watch the. I don't know if you are. But I watch, did. Watch, I did watch it. Oh, the the live version. And yeah, yeah, still, yeah. It's not because the live version isn't as bloopy bloopy. I would mm-hmm. say it, it it builds on that a bit more. But yeah, you know, there we go. It's it's not, it's not for everyone, but I I do enjoy it. And and yeah, I really given that it's two thousand and nine, I'm like yeah, Chris Karloff definitely not involved. Definitely experimental. Um, Have you heard any other B sides of a? A decent B-side I band or... have, and I could not name them, but I have some of them saved on my uh, computer. What other B-sides do I have saved? Let's find out in real time. Because, <laughs> you know, a real band would have decent B-sides. Uh, so, yeah, I've got Trash Can and Pistols at Dawn saved from uh, the Club for EP and mm-hmm. Days of Forgotten, respectively. So, clearly, when I've gone into a little B-sides, you know, groove those three are the ones that, that stand out um but yeah i think I, the way i listen to kasabian is yeah I, I really dip in and out and i think i listen to them in in small obsessive doses it's very rare for me to sit down and listen to them you know all the way through or listen to multiple songs of multiple albums and then your next pick is a song that i did know yes now switchblade smiles from velociraptor i truly dislike this album i think days are forgotten it's such an annoying song. Yeah, you're, you're, I think you're agreeing with me. No, I like it. Oh, no, you like it? Oh, okay. It made my best of 2011. No, really? I'm sorry. Oh, God, dearie me. 
Well, I don't know you then. <laughs> um, and yeah, I I think I have. Um, I need to check. I think I have like the limited edition box thing mm-hmm. of this album because by this point I'm like, you know, Kasabian, yes, Empire, yes, Red Rest Rider, Lunatic Asylum, yes. So I'm like, of course, I'm gonna automatically buy it. And I don't I don't know if this was the first single off it, uh, but yeah, I, think, I think it was. It, it, like, loved it, loved the video. Dan the Automator's involved, and and yeah, this is really an outstanding song. Um, and watching it with a video again for the first time in ages my god you know very often music videos put me off a song here i think it it goes perfectly with it so there's this synth again another synth arpeggio they they like to do that i really like how tom and serge harmonize in this because there are points sometimes where one of them is talking one of them is singing one of them is screaming and there's a groove and it drives you know and it's what one of the songs i was like actually the bass is really good but you can hardly bloody hear it due to everything going on and i hadn't really thought about the fact that on the second chorus the drums are a bit off like they're they're on an offbeat so again you know they don't play the chorus in the same way every every time and there's even some cowbells chucked in so you know i I think i think it's really really good um serge said that it was inspired by a morgan freeman interview where he described someone as having a switchblade smile which is someone who smiles at you in a certain way that you know is dangerous but you're intrigued um, and he joked that Tom had one <laughs> <laughs> and said that the song references violence as well as the adrenaline rush you get before a fight, simultaneously scary and exciting, and it makes you want to drive into a brick wall at 90 miles an hour. Do you agree? Uh, guys, if you are listening, please do not do that. Uh, no, do not try this at home. Unless you are a stuntman from the previous track. Thank you. Um, I heard that uh, Sir described this as wanting it to sound like the inside of a machine gun. Oh, I did not read that. So, article there we go yeah dan the automator produced this and he produced primal screams exterminator and you can mm-hmm. hear that production on this um some nice railing and mm-hmm. i then thought that rob from music's now in the band and he'd be perfect yeah. for that yeah perfect. yeah he would kind of a little bit of a, a remix version of clubfoot in a way so you think it's Clubfoot's younger brother or whatever it well, is yeah i guess so yeah. but i have never liked the chorus i found the chorus really annoying Oh, really? Don't stop the working. Yeah, I've always liked all of the song apart from the chorus. And ah, but, but for me, the chorus is the switch blades. Oh, really? Oh, no, no yeah. that's fine. I, I hate the don't don't the working bird that bit. <laughs> it really pisses me off and it ruins it for me. So it has promise if I got rid of that section. I love how you, you don't mind the woo, 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 screaming. That's fine. <laughs> but. But I guess yeah, it's Tom being particularly laddie. Uh, I I know I I like it because, I mean, like with so many Kasabian songs, there's just attitude. You know that you feel the attitude, you feel the sneering, and and it works for me. But yeah, it's uh, it was a skip for me. But on to treat from forty-eight thirteen. Um, so at gunpoint. At that, you know, in that machine gun that Serge was describing, mm-hmm. probably this is my favorite Kasabian song. I find it difficult to only listen to it once. Uh, I, I listen to it often on repeat. And Serge himself has said that he thinks this is Kasabian's defining song, but it isn't even a single, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. So it took him five months to write it, and apparently it's about look, looking in the mirror at your bad self. <laughs> Word. You know, it's a long song. There's, there's a lot going on. It's, it's different sections. 
it starts, you know, with them repeating, everybody knows I work it, work it like a tree. And they themselves, you know, acknowledge that it sounds arrogant as hell. And, you know, I think for for most part, in the first section, it sounds quite, you know, Kasabian-y, basses driving, bleepy bleepy synths. But it starts to build and it starts to build. Um, I think, honestly, everything in it is good the intro the bridges the creepy harmonizing the middle eight which talks about being separated deep in leicester uh and it builds to this breakdown at 312 which i honestly think is one of the best music phrasings ever like just every time i listen to it it's, it's so short but you know when it's a do 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 i just i get so excited about it um and i think that's probably why it's uh one of my favorite songs and when you watch the Glastonbury performance of it, they actually count down to the end of it and then everything goes quiet and then you have this much more, uh, you know, weird experimental ending. And, and yes, Serge himself said that when we were recording, we knew that it couldn't just end. So in the spirit of Sid Barrett or Tangerine Dream, we sent it off into this insane Chicago house type thing. So yeah, I bloody love it. Do you think it's a treat? So yeah, I I heard this at the Roundhouse in 2014 with oh, a string section. With a string section. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> and yeah, I'm and angry. you know how I mentioned so easy put a lot of people off this album. Yeah. yeah. And if this was the first single, yeah, exactly. And if this was the first single, this is everything you want in a Kasabian track and more. And I I guess they were wanting to and they put out easy as a bit of fun but I think it hurt the band more than anything else and uh, to me this sounds like the KLF remix by The Prodigy oh. uh, this is you know it's, it's, it's an epic track and yeah it it, yeah, it just blew me away when I saw it live because I hadn't heard it until I saw it because like, I so you saw it without knowing yeah, this like everyone else I heard easy and thought fuck that shit yeah <laughs> yeah and so yeah this is on Yonkor so I went to that gig because I liked the first album and then in Yonkor they played like Stevie Bumblebee and this and I was like oh, what the fuck's that is that like a b-side or something and then i've realized it's off the, the latest album and i've i've loved it ever since um so yeah this is Kasabian at their very best couldn't agree more if i had made a best of 2014 list this this would definitely mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. up there so uh yeah i'm delighted you like it but i mean i think it would work as an instrumental and i wonder if there's a pressure on surge to give lyrics to tom to sing because he's a singer because yeah. i think yeah this I would he writes all the lyrics i think yeah, yeah i'd happily listen to this about any lyrics in that i still think it works oh no no see really that, that's where i disagree because i i i do enjoy the uh, you know everybody knows you work it like a treat and also just before the the breakdown where it's like everybody knows everybody everybody know like again it, it gets you everybody <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah get some sense I, I almost put Bumblebee instead of Stevie. I really had to kind of think about it, but th- th- I think the strings make it for me with, with Stevie. But Bumblebee starts with such going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you, you just have to be like, well, okay, I, I'm just going to accept this. And then I I think I really enjoyed the song because of the way that it builds. And then again, you know, it goes all instrumentally. Um, and yeah, Stevie Stevie is much more of a, it's, it's the opposite. It's a, it's a slow builder. And I think I started liking it again after watching the music video with the kids held captive by scientists. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. Um, and it starts with an actual cello. It's not, it's not synths. Um, and the song just doesn't stop building. Um, all the instruments are contributing to it. It almost sounds like there's Indian music influence at points. 
Um, and it, it builds to this climax with uh, Surge singing ordinary people, ordinary lives, and then it just explodes and yeah it's it's really really good and again there's a, a live version at the summer solstice 2014 with an orchestra on stage and it's absolutely incredible um yeah do you like stevie i i love stevie and oh. i think i think this could be a bond song without string section um you know i'm always asking yeah for live to, to fight be, another day yeah, yeah i'm always asking there to be an up-tempo bond track like the 80s mm-hmm. of food to kill it's like do we have to have another ballad what mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah the strings are beautiful the chorus is great you know it's inspiring perfect track for a festival you know if you want to play this song you want to play it to thousands and thousands of people with their arms up Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 this track made my best 2014. Oh, over um, treat. Over, over, over treat. Uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for um, for cellos and violins. Oh, okay. All right. We need to do with the Yo Yo Ma episode. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, Il Ray brackets the king from For Crying Out Loud. So, a bit like Velociraptor, I don't like this album. But. I do very much like this song um, and it's almost the opposite to everything else that I've just said. This song, there's barely synths. It is much more guitar, bass, drum driven, but it, you know, there's, yeah, there is a little Calvin Harris-esque breakdown with a groovy guitar and some synths, but I think it's really good. But what makes it is the music video. I think the music video is one of the best music videos of all time. I had never seen this music video. No, oh, I'm surprised. Lucky you. No, no, I, I watched it this morning. I was like, "How the fuck it's did I miss so this?" So good, so good. And I wonder how many of international fans had a fucking clue what it's about. I think people were explaining. <laughs> well, I guess you know, if you don't know what it's about, it's like a mad woman resurrects a king. Mm, mm. But you're gonna miss the the Lester effort. But yeah, music-wise, you know, this is a trademark Sabian. Um, yeah. It's got a, it's got like a nineties dance section near the end as well, which I kind of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It's full of swagger. What's your band called, mate? Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, you know, yeah. It's surprising. This again wasn't their first single because um, I think a lot of people was it got, not their first? No, it, it was a site. It was um. The, You're another disciple. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that confused people. Like, what the fuck's happening? Well, but Noel Fielding and Stephen Graham were in the music video for that, right? So mm. yeah, the thing is, right? I I think I listened to that album once or twice around the time it came out and then i just have not bothered i will probably listen to it again at some point maybe maybe after this recording but um i really only know this song and you're in love with a psycho and i do not like you're in love with a psycho bless this acid house is a decent track um that made my best of that year so yeah i yeah a, a fantastic video uh so is the band i've got a sense of humor uh, and yeah, this again, this is trademark Kasabian. If you wanted to tell someone what Kasabian sound like, pop this on. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to add before we, we wrap up this section. Um, so Serge says that he was inspired by the cockiness in hip hop where rappers just call people out. So that's why they say, you know, what's your band called, mate? And you smell like hotel soap. And I went down a deep rabbit hole. This is also why, you know, I spent too long researching because he said that he was inspired by the Kendrick Lamar verse in Control, where he literally calls out 12 different rappers and says i like you but i'm coming for you and and yet great song had never heard it before read a rolling stone article on like the nine ways that this song changed the game and and yeah so she says like it's never really done in rock music uh but i imagine this song to be a man in a leather jacket and slick back hair in a ponytail slunked at the bar and that is ray the king so there we go i wonder what bands they would be after kasabian in 2017 if they were going to call out other bands 
Have I ever had any beefs at all? I feel like they have beefs mostly with journalists, right? Because, yeah, Liam Gallagher said that Tom Ian is the best frontman ever. So so there's a lot of love there. Have they had beefs? I mean, yeah, I, I guess I... Because... I didn't want to like them. They're definitely one of those bands. It's the opposite of REM. REM, I want to like them and I don't. Sabian, I don't want to like them and I do. Um, I never really paid much attention to them in the press because I think I mentioned this before, but there was an article written about them in the enemy where they're like, oh, Kasabian, they live with their mums sort of thing. And I was like, oh yeah, they do just seem like those kind of like cocky assholes that, you know, you, you scratch under the surface a little bit and there's not much there. But they have made consistently good songs, you know, even I've included two songs from albums that I really don't like that are two of my favourite Kasabian songs. And, you know, they they can do guitar rock, they can do bleepy bloopy, they can do experimental, they can do it all. And when you see them playing live and you see how much people enjoy it and sing along, it, it definitely adds to the experience. So, Fran, uh I need to ask you the question, do you think that Kasabian are overrated? I think my heart wants to say yes, but my head actually now says no. Because listening to this playlist, I am reminded that they have a lot more to them than people will suggest. You know, they aren't that band who just, you know, downs a a pint and then sings an anthemic chorus they've stolen from the Beatles. You Mm. know, they've got more to them. Who could you Uh, be referring to? I don't know. I don't know. Northern Uproar. And, um, yeah, so for that reason alone, and I've seen them live and they're fucking brilliant live. If you heard Fire in a Mm. festival, everyone goes fucking insane for it. So it's it's hard for me because part of me does want to see them back together, even with Chris Cardoff. Yes. Um, I don't I think, think that's going to happen. Though, I think in two years' time, it's twenty years since the debut album. Who knows? You know what? Tom's got a new album. I think coming out this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if Kasabian are going to release new material. It'll well, they released a song in twenty twenty one called Alligator, which I am not a fan of. Oh, but I, because of knowledge and judgment, I will wait to make any uh to to kind of share my opinion because as we've discussed just because the first single is bad doesn't mean the rest True. of the songs are bad and you know if uh rob from the music's involved in the creating mm. of the album who knows you're, you're a fan so yeah so i would say they're not actually overrated because as you said earlier outside of the uk they're not big so you know if, if we're talking to people from america or from europe then give us band a chance yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, because I think they are rated, basically. I think I they they have a lot of success and a lot of standing in the UK, and that makes sense. Um, but yeah, they like you said, they're amazing live. They really get the crowd going. You know, Tom in interview said, like, yeah, that's one of the best things about being a frontman. And I think their music is diverse and interesting enough that they're not your average UK indie band. And they're unfairly lumped in with that unfairly although you can understand it because because of the laddie nature of of their attitude and everything else so i'm glad that it helps you reconsider hey podcast lovers now available a new podcast experience featuring exclusive mini series like food faves and all new series that takes a fun look at everyone's real first true love food Milky Way Marvels, a lighthearted astronomy series where we explore the fascinating wonders of our galaxy. Pop culture icons, an entertaining, nostalgic look back at various nouns in popular culture, plus more. Relax, enjoy, listen, laugh, and maybe even learn. 
podcast presented by Sonic Embassy. Now streaming everywhere you listen. Access quick links to your favorite places to listen now at solo.to slash Sonic Embassy. Underrated. Welcome back to the second half. This is the underrated section, and I have chosen Sea Power, formerly British Sea Power. Why the name change? Well, because after Brexit, a lot of people were thinking that, you know, they were unfortunately a nationalist band. And also, the band didn't like saying British Sea Power because it's too many syllables. They wanted to shorten it, and they've even spoken recently to say that they might even change the name again. So, British Sea Power. Um, uh, two brothers who share vocals, um, Hamilton and Yan, a.k.a. Scott Wilkinson and Neil Wilkinson. Their older brother, Roy, was their manager and muse, and he gave them the name British Sea Power and put them together early on. They moved to Brighton because they thought London was too busy and they can make it own steam. Hey podcast lovers, now available. A new podcast experience featuring exclusive miniseries like Food Babes and all new series that takes a fun look at everyone's real first true love, food. Milky Way Marvels, a light-hearted astronomy series where we explore the fascinating wonders of our galaxy. Pop culture icons, an entertaining, nostalgic look back at various nouns in popular culture, plus more. Relax, enjoy, listen, laugh, and maybe even learn. Podcast, presented by Sonic Embassy. Now streaming everywhere you listen. Access quick links to your favorite places to listen now at solo.to slash Sonic Embassy. And I'm always a fan of the unique indie. You know, I like the Devos. Um, I like the Hope of the States. I like bands who are doing something very, very different. And you can't, in the UK, get more different than Sea Power. Um, I don't really know much about who they are. You know, the fact that they give themselves, you know, one word names mm-hmm. uh, it, it sort of separates them from the, who they actually are. They've played some of the most random gigs. You can, they've played the, the highest pub in the whole of the UK. They've played the Natural History Museum. They've played the Czech Embassy. Um, <laughs> they play, they've played on a barge. They've put, appeared on Country File. They, nice. Yeah, if it's that something makes sense when you see what the lyrics are. But about. yeah, but if it's something that no band's done, they will do it. Sometimes when you see them, they will have a guy dressed as a ten foot polar bear, Stop. who will dance around the crowd. They have guys dressed as a monkey wrestling. Um, Very mighty boosh. <laughs> maybe. So yeah, I you know it's it's like if I could be myself in any band, I would be. In British Sea Power, I'd love to have been in British Sea Power in the noughties. I would love to have been part of that weird, unique sound. And I think that maybe because of who they are as people has kept them from being a more popular band. I think people are easily put off by how they sell themselves. Um, they seldom make music videos, and if they do, they're terrible or, or they're not even in them. They toured a lot with like. Um, a lot of new wave and post-punk bands mm-hmm. which means they've got an older fan base than any band from the noughties so last <laughs> night the average age would be 55 really and you saw them last night right yeah yeah and it's so strange that 
when I, I've always gone to see them, there'll be people there who are two generations older than me. Like, so, and because of that, there's no mosh pits, there's no stage diving because people are already in their 50s. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird, you know, they're probably one of the most unsexiest bands you could ever be into. Like, it's literally older men with a, a t shirt showing off their, their, their beer belly um, with a pint in hand and clapping. And I get frustrated a little bit because they do have a lot of like fast, jumpy songs. But, you know, apart from a hand clap, that's what you're going to get in a concert, which kind of kills it for me. You know, uh, I wish I had a younger yeah. fan base in a way because I want to jump around and, you know, en- enjoy myself a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I would just say, don't come to Belgium because uh, that is the standard. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what the band is. Only, only if it's very hard rock only if it's like a more alternative venue if you're going to the mainstream venues the audience is rubbish so So, i mean last night i felt a bit embarrassed putting my hand up during a song i thought oh that's too much sorry um (laughs) that is that's how i felt when i first came to belgium and i've I've decided i don't give a shit so good yeah so that kind of puts me off um yeah they made seven albums um they've also done two soundtracks one from a 1920s film (laughs) one for a computer game which they won a bafta for Oh. And they did a tour with a brass band mm-hmm. which made an album called Sea of Brass. So, yeah, I mean, is there any indie band who've tried to do things as different as British Sea Power? Um, I don't know. And um, they're a band that I always try and uh, get people into. I've taken a lot of girlfriends in the past who've hated every second of it. Um, <laughs> because, you know, yeah, they may be a hard sell. Uh but I think that Noble is one of my favourite guitar players ever. He's got a unique sound and can create some of the best guitar riffs that I've heard over the past 20 years. Um, their influences are like Joy Division, Echo Nirvana Men, Wire, Krautrock, and all the sort of music I grew up loving. And they, you know, they sing, yeah, like I said, they, no, they have really interesting uh, lyrics. Um, Jan's vocal. I don't know anyone who sounds like him. This is also a, a plus point. If you if you if you sound like yourselves and nobody else, and that's instantly a bonus for me. So I wanted to make a playlist of Sea Power, which is fucking hard mm. uh, because I got so many songs and I kept changing it until the last. I even changed the song last night. Oh, after, okay. After, good. Then good that I only listened this morning. Then, after yeah. after hearing after hearing a track live off the new album, I thought, okay, that goes in. Yeah. But yeah, so it's it's so hard because yeah, they, they've got maybe a hundred songs, so trying to pick ten is is impossible. And uh, so yeah, I I just try to scatter gun uh, tracks across uh, their seven studio albums for you. So what did you know apart from I guess remember me maybe? No. Um, oh. I knew apologies to insect life. Interesting. Which I think is maybe one of the best songs ever i don't know uh i i heard it this is this is a very midlands reference that only people who were in coventry in the mid noughties would get i heard it at the side room at the collie right so the collie the coliseum which is now called the cash bar is like a, a music venue in coventry so it's it's where i went to a lot of my indie discos when i was at warwick university and my my friend's friend billy he played this in the side room which was you know the, the main indie disco playing the arcade fires and, and the Niles Barclays would be the big room but there was a side room where we DJ I think I DJed there once or twice and he put Apology Students at Life on and I was like what is this this is absolutely incredible um but any further dabbling in British Sea Power or Sea Power I'm like nothing else sounds like this 
Um, so, I mean, my further dabbling, I think, was limited to The Decline of British Sea Power, which is the album uh, that it's from. So, yeah, I was really looking forward to this because I was like, well, you know, I think there's probably a lot more to them than I thought. I had not realized how frequently they released albums and how many they had. Um, although when I saw the length of the songs that you'd put, I did want to <laughs> slightly murder you. It's Kent all over again. Um, and one of the picks, I think, is probably the longest song we've had on the podcast so far at 14 minutes long. But if you are a Sea Power fan, you cannot make a playlist without having that track. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I imagine so. Yeah. One thing before we get into it. So you said that there are two people that share vocals. I thought it was only one singer. So it's, yeah, Jan does the most of singing and Hamilton, his brother, does uh, maybe two songs per album. Okay. So on, on this, he's on two tracks. Okay, which two tracks? Oh, no, uh, okay, maybe maybe you'll tell yeah, me yeah. When, when we get there because... So had you not heard Remember Me? Because I didn't put it on the playlist because I thought you knew probably, it. Probably. Oh, wow. Probably, but I did and I didn't like it probably. So I didn't... Because that's like their only sort of like hmm. indie disco track you could get away with maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like I said, this was at the side in the side room, right? And I mean, it, apologies to Inset Life is... It's a very energetic song, but it's absolutely mad. It's mm. Theodore, you are the most attractive man. Chicka, chicka, chicka. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I love it and nothing, I don't think anything else sounds like it, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I was expecting a bit more of that and I didn't really get it from your playlist. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, I think let's get into it because yeah, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to expect. And I think I remain a little bit confused, <laughs> basically. So, yeah, my first track of uh, the debut album, The Decline of British Sea Power from 2003, mm-hmm. is Fear of Drowning, which was their first single in 2002. It's got a fantastic opening line, which is Jesus fucking Christ, oh God, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, yeah you know i love the gasping of air he does in between the verses which is the fear of drowning um the cutting noble trademark solo the rust of drums um the verse sounds kind of like sad and then you have the big rust at the end with the guitars um you know is this a track about their ambition you know is this mm. about you know leaving the island shores you know is there a fear of drowning and they don't play it live anymore which is a shame because live is 10 times better than it is in the album but as an opening track, it's kind of, you know, sums up British sea power a little bit for me, um, mm-hmm. without the chaos which they can do, which I guess, you know, with uh, Inset Life is a lot of the chaos. Oh, um, okay. Is that where the chaos is? Yeah. And in those days, they had um, a- Eamon, who went on to join Breaks, he would have like a, a marching drum and he'd go into the audience just hitting the drum, walking around with like uh, some sort of weird helmet on. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess maybe you don't like this because it's not so chaotic. Yeah, well, this was one of my my more favourite songs. That's not grammatical. Mm-hmm. This was this was one of my preferred songs. Um, because I think we've had so much chat about water. They're called sea power, and you know it, it starts with the sea. Um, I like the, the the strong bass when it comes in. I like the way it unexpectedly ends, but I thought it was fine. You know, I, I enjoyed it much more on second listen. And when when I was listening to you selling British Sea Power, I was like, oh my god, like you should be their A and R man because you really, you really, really sell them. And I think you're absolutely right that 
they are a difficult sell and this this is a band I, like I, I i struggled with this playlist because i think a lot of the songs you need repeated listens and even on two or three repeated listens i think it's very difficult to uh, to get a vibe so this was one where on on repeated listens i was like okay i i, I enjoyed it more and also and i will set out my stall now i really don't like his voice i really really don't Again. like his voice yeah because it honestly to me it sounds like he has breathing difficulties <laughs> <laughs> i think it sounds so weak um he's just like Ugh! and it doesn't match with the instruments at all so kind of my my critique throughout is i don't i don't like his voice and i, I think that's a huge problem for for, in, for enjoying sleep out you know much much like you know you with this isn't revenge for sneaker pimps but with uh with sneaker pimps if you don't like chris corner's voice that is a cornerstone of it and if you like it i'm sure it's great and you're totally right that it sounds like no one else but i don't like that <laughs> so um hamilton, hamilton who's, who's his brother and bass player people say that his voice is uh interesting Mm-hmm. And uh, that can put people off. But I've never heard him not like Yang because he's got. Uh, I guess he's got like a yelping sort of just, northern tone. I, yeah, it just it sounds too far away. And northern northern is fine. Love love a northerner. Um, but you know, again, knowing apologies to insect life. There, his voice is so urgent. He's imploring. You feel mm. the energy, and you're like, whoa! Like he's really driving it. And on basically none of the songs that you've got on the list is does that effect happen and i think because the songs are so complex and there's so much instrumentation going on it yeah i i found it very difficult to to get into them but again i i I give different critique for different songs and one of them is instrumental so you know (laughs) yeah 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 i think that yeah live obviously his vocals are more in your face than Mm. you are in the studio he was actually um when they wrote the last album over lockdown the band were complaining that he was singing too quiet but you can imagine (laughs) i do have neighbors Oh, said, fuck, yeah. fuck your neighbours, let's do one good take. Um, so he's, he's far too polite. So moving on to um, the third and best album, the uh, Mercury Prize nominated Do uh, You Like Rock Music? I do like the title. Yeah. Lights Out for Darker Skies, which is uh, a track they still play today. It's not a single, but it's a fantastic opening track because of Noble's delicious guitar riff, which he bookends a track with. Um, it's kind of about um, light pollution mm-hmm. and you know let's have uh, the lights off so we can look at the sky um, although he says that he's given up on writing semi-political uh, songs because no one cares Oh, that's sad because the lyrics are great <laughs> um, I enjoy if you see him live he's got the hey now now echoed by the band as it moves on uh, it's got like a second uh, section which has some awesome uh, arpeggio playing and guitaring then it builds up to a climax and yeah it's, it's a live favourite and when I used to play this originally they would have like one of those um, bomb siren things you wind up Oh, wow. to, to, to start up wow. and they played Reading Festival 2008 and at about 4pm in a bright sunshine and everyone looked very bemused oh, at what wow. the fuck is happening <laughs> yeah no definitely the lyrics are lovely I will definitely say that like moths that get confused by all the man-made moons so go gentle in this dark dark night lovely um, and yeah I think when I one of my notes is I imagine this is much better live uh i this was one of my least favorites i almost disliked it 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 was between like indifferent 
and and dislike uh, for me. Although the breakdown redeems it. I, I do like that. So, so you're not a fan of that guitar riff at the start? No, it's too melodic, I'm afraid. Is like, it? Uh, so yeah. much of this is so... It's so melodic guitar lines. I... I, I you, what did you say? Delicious riffs. I'm afraid oh. uh, for me, it's more like a you know a, a more bitter Granny Smith. He, he's my guitar hero. I, I'm I, very sorry, Fran. <laughs> I saw him um, at the Carico in London, and mm. he uh, jumped on somebody's shoulders, and then was playing a guitar solo while I was being passed around the shoulders. Mm. Oh, I, did, I did think this was uh, surprisingly Britpoppy as well. Oh, uh, really? the, I, I did get that. Vibe. I got a lot of Manson vibes listening to 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 this playlist but i think yeah there's a bit more drive with manson that i i think is missing a little bit here it's just your revenge from the sneak it's really not i really i like i I was just like oh no like i really don't want to be just negative because i'm shocked because i because they're kind of like i thought they're a bit more you know abrasive um honestly right when you look and that's what i saw as well when you saw that their influences are joy division cureco and the money man i'm like really but i like those bands (laughs) I put on this track because mm. of its bass line. Yes, um, I'm glad you did. This is O, Last and B from the second album, Open Season, referring mm. to the Antarctic Peninsula, Ice Shelf, Last and B, which collapsed in 2002. See, before Greta Thunberg was, was, was there, we had Sea uh, Power. It's so hard to say Sea Power. It's like David yeah. Bowie changing his name to Gary. It's yeah. like, I can't not say. I know. Especially because British Sea Power, I mean, it's funny because they say, oh, it's too many too many syllables, syllables but it's it sounds quite lit- lyrical british mm. sea power anyway anyway um yeah so it's got this like bass rumble throughout um you know how many how many in bands in 2005 are writing love songs to a glacier uh, yeah and wanting it to fall on them it's like it's kind of like a folk song but with loud guitars um it has a long outro it's when you see if live can go on for maybe sometimes too much and this is maybe a, a hint to future soundtracks Mm. with like the bass and guitar line sort of like moving around each other so i guess you didn't hate you didn't hate the song no no yeah i I put of course i'm going to enjoy a song about an antarctic ice shelf falling (laughs) on someone and i mean i'd guess that kind of climate change and nature featured uh, a lot in their songs and i i definitely enjoyed their album titles and all of that and yeah here the bass beginning kind of intrigued me um although again on first listen it didn't do much for me on second listen i liked it much more especially when the rhythm guitar comes into the chorus and the bass is given more space. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I much preferred the instrumental bit. I found his voice very annoying. Um, and like you were saying live, I think it takes a bit too long to end. Normally, you know, having just described the end of Treat and I like the, the fact that it goes on for a bit, this one this one is a bit too long for me. I agree. The, the, the bigger song of the album was Please Stand Up, which is probably the poppiest of songs. This is why I didn't put it on there for you because you'd, you'd fucking <laughs> hate <you>. it <laughs> we're now jumping to valhalla mm-hmm. dance hall i think is what it's called great this is their worst album um oh. so yeah so they made the third album was you know top 10 mercury price nominated and if they followed up by having an electro pop single okay called living is easy and it's terrible and i'm like what label the fuck pressure are, what no i, I doubt it they're on rough trade so mm. i mean fuck knows what happened um this should have been the first single off the album and this could have been on the previous album so this is who's in control which is a straightforward rock track about watching a brighton nightlife and you know hating it and you know wishing that they'd they would be protesting rather than puking up on street corners it's got so so they've got a sense of humor british sea power or sea power you know mm-hmm, i'm mm-hmm. a fan of the local library 
I just read a book and that's another story and he knows it's a terrible line but I enjoy that uh, the chorus is rock and roll you know it's over here then scream over there every fucking where I just don't yeah and this is a track that last night I wanted to jump up and down to but instead I just tapped my hand you, you on the railing I, I, I feel you then this was on the Dave Letman show probably the last time they kind of had what? a yeah they, they, wow. they, yeah uh, the last time they kind of had any sort of push um from a record label or the PR company I guess um mm-hmm. so yeah who's in control Babs mm-hmm. who's in control yeah so it starts off with a rockier guitar so I was like oh here we go then it goes a bit melodic and I was like oh dear but I will say that it another one which needed repeated listens the turning point for me was the line protesting was sexy on a saturday night like i i really got into that and i think yeah the lyrics definitely make it i also enjoy it when he is shouting and the choir is shouting because again you feel the energy more in in this song than than a lot of the others and i feel that that's matching the the instrumentation Mm. um so yeah this is this is definitely one of the better ones for me i've been changing tact quite a lot so this is the great skewer, as I believe. Is that, it is. How, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Is, that, is it some sort? Of, is it some sort of goal? It's it's a bird. Yeah. I looked it up. It's a bird, right? Of course, it's a, it's sea power. Mm. Um, so this is from, uh, this is no. Do you like what music? It's a soundtrack direction. Mm. Um, they now had Phil Sumner on cornet and keyboards, and Abby Fry, formerly from Bat Flashes, on uh, the violin, mm-hmm. and they add so much to the sound. This is a beautiful noise which has uh noble's very melodic guitar line which you might hate and ends with all of the band and the audience going ah in a very off-tune kilter and i recorded it last night onto my phone and played it back and i heard how fucking terrible the fans are singing that unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, but yeah i mean I, there's, there's moments i've heard this uh song and i've had my hair stand on end when, yeah. when it hits that, that, that section yeah I yeah I will I will read out my notes as I went we're going quieter oh there are some horns are there vocals coming in this is a very intriguing song uh so yeah because it's it, it's it's an instrumental right until until the end um yeah th- th- this one d- did I like it the most possibly again I don't it's it's difficult to tell with with these songs because you know, even I, I, I prepared for this this morning and I can barely remember what these songs sound like. I listened to some of them three times, I have to say. Um, but it's one for the chilled playlist. And I, I've written, as with so many, I can imagine this is so much better live. And it's definitely atmospheric and it definitely builds. And, and I enjoyed the energy of that, definitely. They ended the set with this. And how many bands yeah. were end of an instrumental track? It's quite no, brave. but I think, I think that's a great way to end because... Because, yeah, it's definitely one that you're going to get the audience involved in and you can sing along. But, uh, yeah, it really made me think, yeah, I, I need to see them live, I think, to, to experience it because they're complex songs and even listening to them several times, I still don't feel like I quite have a grasp on it and I can imagine that with, with an audience, even if they're a quieter one, it's it's going to improve mm-hmm. it. So uh, the next track uh, is Zeus. Mm-hmm. From EP. from EP Kraken House, which is another club night. Uh, I think they used to put on a monthly club night, and then they have a, a new single and EP they hand out to the, the guys. Um, and this is on there, so this didn't make the album. And Zeus is the name of their tour van. Mm-hmm. And, okay, and, of course. And Jan had are. a Jan had a, a dream of him being at a dinner party with Rick Stein, and then wrote a song about it. <laughs> right. 
of course you know it's fucking bonkers you know it has i i put down this has too many ideas maybe i think there's probably two or three great ideas i could probably made it into like a four minute single um but i kind of enjoy that it's like, was it like seven minutes long is it and it takes a while to get into it you know and I enjoyed it. What's your What's your maximum? I've got no fucking idea what it means. Um, it's got buzzsaw guitar. It's got glam rock rhythms, and it has a little bit of shouting Yan in it. Yes, a shouting Yan and a shouting mm. choir, and I I do like I do like it when when they come in. This one, yeah, grew on me on repeated listens, especially the strings and the bass is couched in something atmospheric, right? There's mm. it's, it sounds again like I don't know, he's playing the bass in the sea or something uh yeah i agree with you it's a bit all over the place i liked the beginning and the and the rocky bits but not all of it although i thought the uh i really hope that we can come here again bit almost sounded like deus actually who were a band who definitely throw everything in the kitchen sink at it uh but you know unfortunately i do i do think deus are a little bit better at it than than sea power although any song that you know puts rick stein and nikita khrushchev in a verse gets my vote and words of gummage Everyone's and Wesley Gummidge, the classic trio. Yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> so moving on to an actual single, guys. Um, mm. So this is No Lucifer, sang by the bass player, Hamilton. Oh, this right. This was the okay. first time he had ever sang a single. It has Easy. Do you know what that's from? No. So in the 1980s, uh, in British wrestling, we had Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. Right. I've heard of Giant Haystacks. So famously, when... Big Daddy was about to win. He put his hand up for like the big finish move, and the crowd would go easy, easy, easy. And for some reason, they just thought we'll take that and pop it in a, in a in a single. And obviously, again, it's a live favorite. Everyone enjoys singing easy. Yeah, I think this sounds like a bit like Arcade Fire. It's got like a hypnotic verse to it. I don't really know what it's about. It mentions the hit the youth and all sorts of weird <laughs> weird shit. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't look at the lyrics for this one. Um, my notes are that it sounds a bit different. I've put, it sounds guitarier and twinklier than the previous songs, but it doesn't do it for me. The easy, easy chants are the best bit, but easy, that's about it, easy, I'm afraid. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's really funny that it comes from from wrestling. I, I had no idea I am not a wrestling fan. The closest I've been to being a wrestling fan is watching Glow. And yeah, I can imagine that with an audience singing along, it's uh, it's it's very good. I'd love to know how this works outside of the UK if they sing along to Easy. Easy. <laughs> I, mean, Easy. I, mean, I mean, Hulk Hogan wasn't doing that. On to probably their most mainstream single, I guess. This is Bad Bohemian from Let the Dancers Inherit the Party from 2017. It's got New Order vibes to it, I believe. Um, it's got a great hook line. I think an act with a, with a better A&R company could have had a hit single with this. But of course, sea uh, power, R C power, and that was never going to happen. Yeah, I've put once again. They're out here sounding like White Lies. I wrote rather ah. than New Order, and White Lies are not a band I particularly like. I unfortunately, Fran wrote that I thought this was forgettable indie pop. It sounds more two thousand and seven than twenty seventeen, and the ending is quite predictable. I think this was my least favorite on uh, on there, but. I would agree with you that with a better A&R person, they would have had a hit because people like White Lies mm. and people like New Order. But um, I, I do think it's 10 years too late for this one. 
And so we're on to their latest single, and I changed this track three times. <laughs> so the best song on the album, which I almost spoke about last Christmas with our 2021 rundown, is Two Fingers. But I thought, okay, that's probably too melodic, so I'll get rid of that. I then put on Doppelganger, which is the closest they ever get to, to Joy Division, and it's quite dark and nasty. That's and good. Uh, yeah. But then I heard this live, and this is called What Can I Do to Make You Happy? And this is, and so both Jan and Hamilton's dad and mum passed away. Aww. So they wrote this song mm-hmm. um, as a track to them, saying that they, they were in the band's to make for dad happy and the dad was the Aww. band's biggest fan Aww. and this is the first time they've ever duetted as well on a track and watching it live seeing Hamilton turn away from the microphone every time he sang obviously with a lump in his throat was quite beautiful and when you know the, you hear the horn and the guitars it is quite a beautiful angelic song for me and uh, yeah so I thought I'd include it include it because you know this mm-hmm. doesn't sound much like other songs by Sea Power to me this this was one of my uh, favourite songs on on the playlist. I put mm. yes, the water sounds are back. Uh, <laughs> it's finally a bit less melodic and it's dreamy, but in a in a good way, in a way that I could get on board with. Because I guess that adjective might be applied to other stuff, but it didn't quite click with me. It feels very urgent. The drums are, are very driving. Um, so yeah, I thought this this was much better. Oh, that's good. At least it's like one song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then yeah, so uh, lately off the Dave album is a track that they ended every gig for like four years because it goes on for maybe 14 minutes on the CD. When they do it live, they then improv it to a track called Rock in A, which sometimes went on for 20 minutes. I mean, that must be incredible. Which would involve uh, Jan taking his top off and then just being in the microphone screaming into the audience whilst Eamon had a, a marching band uh, drum walking around and chaos fucking happened. But they said they wanted a song where they could end it anywhere they wanted. So if, it, if they weren't feeling it, they could just, you know, just fade it out. If they were, were feeling it, they could just go fucking crazy. This is why they would always end in the song. But um, yeah, when I first uh, bought the album, I didn't like it. It takes a long time to get into the song, and the second part of it, when he starts screaming, "Do you like hysteric rock? Do you like prehistoric rock?" I hated at first because it felt like a man was shouting at me. Now, <laughs> because that's what it was. Well, yeah, but now those bits of the famous are beautiful, and I love the piano segments and his guitar comes in. And I put on here; it's got it's kind of it's got like a funky bass line. It stops, starts, and at some parts and in the end you know the guitar sounds like maybe the edge and you know it, this could be u2 on lsd lately u2 on lsd <laughs> yeah it's quite funny so yeah when i saw that 13 minutes 59 mm. i was like oh fucking hell uh but i was like maybe it's an epic maybe this is gonna save the list and yeah i'm afraid for me it didn't and I only had the patience to listen to it once uh, (laughs) because I was just like it's just it's so like it's so long and I I think even if I listened to it five times I probably wouldn't have got it Um, and I imagined that it's 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 different but yeah my notes went a bit all over the place so I was like okay I like the acoustic guitars at the beginning but then his weak voice comes in singing lately with a bass I didn't like that I didn't like the melodic direction but then it went instrumental I was like okay yes I prefer this then you think it's going to stop at six minute, minutes 15 and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. A piano comes in yeah. and then the distorted voices and screaming come in. And I was like, ah, okay, is this is this what I wanted? There's there's more energy and drive. But then 
you're wrong-footed again because it then stops but the bass takes center stage yes okay it gets rocky but then the piano comes back and then finally you have this absolutely mad ending and i when the mad ending came in i was like right okay this is what kind of what i was hoping it would build towards and you know again the similar energy but i think maybe like you when you listen to it for the first time i was just like it's too much like it's a man screaming and and i didn't really like it so yeah you know as I, I didn't think every element of it was bad but yeah I, I just found it very difficult to kind of get, give a good critique as you can see because all i'm doing is describing the different sections at, and, at work yeah. at work i played the cd and uh, a customer <laughs> asked me to turn it off yeah when it got, when it got to about 12 minutes i was like yeah fair enough yeah um, yeah w- when i would make a, a a mix cd i would fade out around eight minutes Mm. I think there's a perfect spot when after eight minutes there's no more vocals. It's just like distorted guitar and weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this. Is, but then you know, if you're, to a sea power fan listening to this, they'd be distraught if I didn't put in lately. I mean, they're gonna be fucking baffled that I didn't put in "Remember Me," but I assume that you knew that track too much. Uh, so that's why I didn't put it on. Again, yeah, probably I do, but it's it's yeah, it's gone from my memory. But yeah, so you know, I can't imagine you ever see them live, um, and. I wouldn't see them live now because, hmm. unfortunately, I, I don't know what it's like in Belgium, but if Jordans are in their elderly, elderly years, hmm. there won't be the, the ramshackle fun uh, <laughs> you, you hope see, for. Again, um, very, I, I feel like very few gigs I go to in Belgium are ramshackle fun. doesn't matter who it is because Belgian audiences are the absolute fucking worst. I love you, Belgium, but your audiences really are the worst. And I've been to gigs in uk france germany netherlands and you know french audiences i think are my favorite because i went to see system of a down and it was the perfect mix of like rocking out with respect you know it's like you're going mad but it's not the loutishness that you can sometimes have at at english gigs and equally if you don't want to go mental you you can go back but no belgian audiences are reporting and the first few years that i lived here it really put me off because I think probably like you half the gig is the audience reaction and i think i'm just now used to it but i i decided at a certain point that i just don't care and i just know to get there early and go to the front but very often in belgian gigs even when you're at the front even when there are children they just stand there they just stand there and they don't move it, it really depends on the genre so i imagine that someone like sea power you know you'd have to find the little corner with the hardcore fans um but I can I can totally believe that they are much better live. I can totally believe that I would need to listen to every single song I did twice or three times as much to to form another opinion. Because yeah, I think I think honestly this was this was one of the most difficult playlists for me because I was like, what 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 am I gonna say apart from like his voice is weak and it's all a bit confusing. Um, and that you know there were elements there 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 was elements on certain songs that I really liked like the shouting and when it was a bit rockier and the bass and and yeah if they're a band that produced apologies to insect life i'm sure i'm sure there's more more there for me but uh but yeah i was i was i was confused by this playlist more than anything (laughs) (laughs) right if you don't like his voice and no Paul's mm. guitar playing, then it's game over. Yeah. It's game over, so don't worry about it. Um, I'm, <laughs> no, seriously, I'm so used to people who I, who I know not liking this band. Mm-hmm. So it's my little private uh, collection. But that's sad because the point is, you know, hopefully you're trying to bring me on board and, you know, okay, we don't have exactly the same music taste, but we can do that sometimes. Uh, but it's, it happened to me all my life, you know, like uh, even Manson, I was 
people would say his voice is too whiny. The bands who I seem to attach myself to are never really university liked and it's not like me going oh you know it's me versus mm. you it's just, just I, I don't know what, why i like the, the oddballs i don't know what it is it's quite funny because it is the total contrast to kasabian <laughs> yeah 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 uh and uh Which and, is, yeah. this is it like so when they first came out like the, the times held them as, a, as the best band in the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh they were saying you know because of the libertines they were getting put in the same you know conversation as like the libertines and the strokes and they're like weird so and and I, and I think because of that they made themselves even even weirder to get away from those sort of bands because like we're not that sort of that's sort well of again music. that's probably what they have in common with Kasabian where they don't want to be pigeonholed by that I mean very few bands want to be pigeonholed into a particular genre but of course critics are gonna are gonna do that but yeah like I said you know when the way you describe British sea power at the beginning sorry sea power at the beginning I was like my god I was like I'm sad that I didn't hear this spiel before I listened to the playlist because I knew that I was coming to this mostly being like, yeah, not sure. Um, but yeah, I, I I admire them for that, really. Like, it's it's very rare to have bands who are so unquestioningly themselves and it sounds like that's what they're doing. Um, and, you know, as much as I'm afraid I... Well, I, I, will, I will agree with you that they're underrated because I... Th- it surprises me that a British brand who's this weird wouldn't have more of a following. Like, I, I don't know. It's making me think a bit of Art Brute, right? Where mm. it's like they're a bit artier um, and would have been lumped in and that maybe is a bit simplistic. But uh, but with Art Brute, I think there's just, yeah, there's, a, there's a few more hooks. <laughs> this particular playlist didn't really expand it for me. And I, I think, again, because I only know Apologies to Insect Life, didn't, I, really, I really liked it. And because I'd read that they were into Joy Division and The Cure, I was... I was expecting something a bit darker, but again, I, I wanted to like it. I, I, I think it wouldn't surprise me that if I did see them live, I would change my mind completely because sometimes you need to experience that. Um, even, you know, I'm obsessed with, like, tangent, but I'm obsessed with Charlie XCX, right? I, I think I think she's the most interesting musician just in terms of like the way she she does music, the way she presents herself, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a lot of her songs that I don't like and when i saw her live there were so many that clicked for me for the first time watching her live and you know her new album's come out i'm not a huge fan of it but i think i'm gonna enjoy watching it live and i, I think yeah the same the same applies to sea power you know i think they are the band that you know if you do love them you you're fucking adore them mm-hmm. but you know i came on here and i i i'm not gonna lie i thought you'd like them more because they do have mm-hmm. decent bass lines they have some loud guitars but if you don't like his voice yeah as, as the sneaker pimps yeah. you know it's hard to get past it it's, even it's, with two vocalists really yeah that i didn't realize <laughs> but um yeah it just you know really i'd say on like seven of the ten songs i'm like his fucking voice and then i i didn't want to keep saying that over and over again but yeah it really it really put me off and i did look at the lyrics you know i wanted to look at the lyrics mm. because I, I think that is very interesting that they're talking about climate change and nature and, and all that kind of stuff and yeah i bloody loved reading about loss and b loved that education and i'm sure that there's more that i've missed because i didn't look at the the lyrics in in depth so yeah definitely a band that i i really wish i could like more but this time i didn't but i will again they will always be my little s- secret band that they're the sort of band that i would never even share to people uh i just <laughs> So listeners, <laughs> if you like Sea Power, help bolster Fran's ego here and let us know. But Theodore, you are the most attractive man. 
Whoever you are, Theodore. <laughs> so I guess you don't like failed rock music and we will discuss some other acts next time. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Hi, guys. Thank you for getting this far. I lost again. But hey, we go again for another episode. So I hope you enjoyed this. Um, if you want to subscribe or share with people, that would be bloody lovely. Uh, like all the other podcasts, we are on social media. Um, if you have Instagram, we are over underrated music pod. And if you use Twitter, we are OU music pod. So give us a shout if you have any future ideas of episodes we can do. And until then, have a lovely time. Goodbye. Thank you.